hey, it's good to be with you. Uh, thanks for listening or watching or both. And uh, we always pray we're a blessing to you. We're going to be in 2 Timothy today, uh, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And in this little segment, uh, Paul, who's a, 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 like a dad in the ministry, to Timothy, who's like a son in the ministry, uh, he's writing to him and giving him encouragement. And uh, he uses three illustrations about Timothy when it comes to ministry. Uh, one of them, he uses the uh, illustration and the example of a soldier, which we'll handle today. Uh, next time, we're gonna be handling that of an athlete, the next Sunday. And then the third Sunday, we're gonna be handling the example that he gives of, as a, of a farmer. But today, we're gonna be handling the soldier. Let me read the verse to you. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, share in suffering as a good soldier of, of uh, Christ Jesus. No one serving as a, as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of a civilian life. He seeks to please uh, the recruiter or the commander. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge given to me to speak to anyone listening or watching. If you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, uh, Lord, you see all of us, but you see me differently. And um, I'm your teacher, your preacher, and I know, I know because of that, I'm under a greater and a more strict judgment. And I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. He begins to Timothy to say, share in suffering as a good soldier. And we obviously are gonna use the example of a soldier right here, but he said, uh, he said uh, share the hardships or share the suffering. Uh, life has suffering and it has many forms. Uh, remember scripture and the whole counsel of God teaches when sufferings come, not if they come. Some people try to live a life of dodging this and in life it's just going to happen to us. Just, just read a story about a, a pastor in another state, his 15-year-old daughter, a 17-year-old daughter, and uh, his, uh, sister, his sister were in an automobile and uh, crossed the center line, hit a truck, and his two daughters, his sister was killed. Uh, 15 and 17 years of age and I don't know the pastor but my heart went out just I, I can't imagine I really can't imagine the suffering there's suffering that goes on we're going to handle here in a moment how we are to share in that suffering but before we get to that let's look at a soldier for just a moment and a soldier when it comes to hardship and when it comes to suffering uh, soldiers literally suffer hardships in training so to be ready for the hardships and the suffering they will have in battle. Part of the training is suffering and hardship. And I know anybody that's served in the military or currently doing it, I get a loud amen from you. Uh, the prequel to all this is they're being trained to handle hardships. And if you're going to handle a hardship in battle, You've got to know how to handle a hardship and being trained for that battle. Uh, so the prequel here is suffering. Jesus never said following the Lord would be easy. Um, I've, I've been taught not to pray for an easy life. Like I said earlier, 
we were all very guilty of trying to organize our life, dodging it. I don't know anybody who wants to choose suffering, but it's um, we tried to skirt it in every every way we can to get around it. But the, we we don't pray for an easy life. We pray to be strong uh, and and to be courageous. Following Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus. And discipling others is always life adjusting to us. It is life altering. It is never convenient. And I think even though you will amend me and you will hear me say that, you'll agree with me on that, we still try to serve the Lord uh, in our convenience. It just doesn't work that way. We, we go through difficulty uh, to be able to follow the Lord and to be able to serve other people. Back to the beginning of this verse. It says, share in suffering. Um, the, the picture here that is given is that you're not alone. This, this share together or share in means you're carrying it with somebody else. And uh, a lot of us are looking for fellowship and we, uh, we look for fellowship in the Christian life and in the church and we want it to be a good time where we've got a veggie tray and we've got some desserts and we've got you know, uh, port sipping tea or whatever, lemonade. And we, we're just having a good time and, and handling uh, foods that are prepared. And, you know, we share and talk and pray. And most people's idea of fellowship is that. I really think the picture of fellowship in Scripture goes way beyond that picture. And uh, it is that we share together in suffering. That we're there, uh, John 17 his prayer to the Father for us, not only the believers then, but for believers in the future, are that we are to be one. We are to be one. One way we become one is that we bear one another's burdens. We're there for each other. We suffer with them. Just just got a call right before I'm, I'm doing, I'm videotaping this on a Thursday. A childhood friend of mine, his daughter's dying of cancer. Uh, I literally stayed in my truck listening to that conversation in my parking spot here at the office uh, just before I came in. And uh, he's a childhood friend that I haven't seen in a long, long time. Uh, I'm doing that also with another childhood friend whose son is going through a difficulty and suffering. And uh, it's, it's, we share together, you know, we, we are there. The picture is the sharing means it's more than one person that is doing this difficult times will pull us together. There is another angle to this about sharing suffering here. And Paul brings this up, and this is, I think, the most important angle to look at, is that uh, Paul even said that I'm, uh, I want to know the Lord and uh, the power of his resurrection and then the fellowship of his suffering. You and I need to understand that the Lord is with us. Listen, I've been doing this for a long time. And I've been doing it for about 36 years, and sometimes I get crossed up in the math when it comes to that. But I started preaching in January of 1986, and then we'll 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 go on from there, okay? Uh, but um, you can do the math on that. But the point is, I I've always through these 36 years had people tell me that they felt closest to the Lord when they were going through difficult times. Why is that true? Because He's with us. Now listen, I'm going to say something. I don't want you to get mad at me. I just want you to think for a moment that sometimes I can hear prayers and sometimes catch myself praying them too. 
that uh, and ask the Lord to be with somebody. Like I, I could be praying for T, and I've known T a long time, and I could say, Lord, I want you to be with Tyra. I'm asking you to be with Tyra. Well, me asking in that prayer is insinuating that he's not with Tyra. Do you hear my point in that? And I don't know that I need to pray that prayer, even though David the psalmist, we, we hear his feelings of, Lord, don't, don't you know, go away from me. That's how he felt. That didn't mean that was reality because the Lord is with T. And he promises to be with you and to be with me. His promise is to always be there. I don't know that I need to say, Lord, I need you to be with Logan or Susie who's in the office or I don't, I don't, or to be with you because he's promised. What has he promised us? That he is always with us. And so when the hardship and the, the suffering comes in, uh, Paul says we share in that, not only as believers, but we also share in it with Jesus himself. He's with us in the fellowship of his suffering. Uh, and it, it is necessary. And it, we do this as a good soldier. We do this as a good soldier. And we're going to show the focus of that good soldier in just a moment. So share in the suffering as a good soldier of uh, Jesus Christ. Paul's using military language here and imagery here, which he often does. Let me give you two places that uh, he is giving this as uh, that we are in a battle and that we are to be soldiers. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I want you to hear this. Great verses here, great truth here. But I want you to see the word war in here, okay? For though we live in a body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way, which means we do it in a spiritual way. Since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And guys, we are right there. And our culture is just right there, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We can talk about Ephesians 6. I'm not going to read it to you, but it's the armor of God. You know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the girdle of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and the, the shoes of peace. And we, we, we're, but the imagery there is a soldier or somebody that's going to war. I want you to see that both I gave, just gave you in 2 Corinthians 10, and then also in, in uh, uh, Ephesians 6, is waging war against the enemy. Uh, and... I want to tell you where some of my personal foundation is in this. It's in 1 John 5, 19. Sometimes we're getting mad at people in uh, Ephesians 6, which contains that armor of God, tells us we're not fighting against people in flesh and blood. Right. You and I are, are getting mad at people for some of the things they're saying, but I, I come at it from a completely different angle. They're deceived people. And they're being deceived by our enemy. Look at 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are of God and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. I, I, I get upset that they're deceived, but I get upset at the one that's deceiving them. Does that make sense uh, to you? 
And there's a lot of crazy, crazy things. Both of these verses are talking about our fight against the enemy. And I, I don't have to remind you, I use that verse, 1 John 5, 19. John saw it then, and we continue to see it now, that the confusion, the lunacy, the deception that is out there in posts and tweets and in social media and conversations and all this, the lunacy, it, the confusion, I, I believe I see uh, through experience, but more importantly, prefacing that with scripture, uh, scripture being ahead of that, is that we know who's behind this. And so John 17, that that's a whole chapter of Jesus praying for us, those who believe then and those who are yet to believe. And he says, protect them from the evil one. The model prayer of the Lord's prayer even says the same thing that uh, Lord, you know, you, you, to be protected from the evil one. Uh, I had a guy one time tell me, so he said this to me, and I, I, I absolutely prepared, prepared for this answer. I do believe in demonic activity. I don't think it happened then and it doesn't happen now. I, I think it happened then and now. But a guy told me, he said, preacher, you've got a demon behind every tree. And I said, no, I don't, but I've got them behind more trees than you do. Uh, there's all kinds of activity that's going on. And Paul is really saying to Timothy, in this segment right here, that Timothy, it's a war. Timothy, it's, you're, you're going to suffer hardships. And you share in the suffering as a good soldier uh, because it's a war. Uh, parents, listen to me out there. Don't let the enemy in. <laughs> He's going to knock on the door. Don't let him in. Uh, you've got to pay attention to that. You can't be so busy getting your kids everything they want and taking them everywhere they want to go that you are letting the guard down. And I mean that as a pastor loving his people. I mean that as a preacher challenging you, you've got to keep your guard up. Don't let him in. And suffer even hardships, like a, a really good soldier. And then, then it goes on to say that you are not to get entangled. Uh, the soldier, the soldier, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of the civilian life. To the soldier, their focus is to stay on mission. You gotta stay on mission. There can be distraction or detour. And the whole key is the soldier has got to stay focused and to stay on mission and to accomplish the mission. So is there anything in your life right now that I can ask as a pastor that is distracting you or, or giving you a detour, meaning uh, you're drifting away? I mean, it may even simply be church attendance. It can be a lot of different things uh, that's distracting you. I wanna remind you in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, really cheering us on, let us lay aside every week, uh, every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares or entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. I know I'm getting a little bit into the athlete here for a moment, but uh, it, it uses the picture of sin entangling or ensnaring you and helping, keeping you from running the race. 
And then Paul uses this with Timothy, and that is no one serving as a good soldier gets entangled in civilian life. Stay with the mission. <laughs> you know, you can ask the question here, what's entangling you? What is ensnaring you? What is doing that? And it says it does it easily to hinder you in the race. Uh, it trips you up, it detours you, it detracts you. I just want you to be able to see that. A good soldier stays focused on the mission and accomplishing the mission. And then lastly, it says uh, he seeks to please the recruiter or the commander. Uh, it, it really is a choice here. Let, let's, uh, the, the soldier can have this list of things to do decisions to make that may be in the field in the moment of war or battle, but you got to figure out which one is the best choice and also the best choice in accomplishing the mission. Like, like it could be a lot of things. It, it could, it could be, you, you feel like you need to do something, but it's going to put your family in more financial debt. Is, is that really what you should do? Is that really pleasing to the commander on the mission? Do you get it? Uh, it? It could be a lot of things. I mean, you and all of us, Tyra and I, Logan, who's behind the camera, we all have a list of things, but we also are called to be on a mission. And I've got to look at these lists of things and these lists of choices, and then I've got to go, which one of these is going to keep me on my mission? And which one of these is detouring me or distracting me. And I've got to make a choice that does what? Pleases me? No. I've got to make a choice of what pleases my commander or in this situation, my Lord. I've got to be able to do that. Um, this is yet another challenge with every moment uh, throughout your day, every thought, every word, every day, daily moments, I've got to go, is this pleasing to my Lord? And you're going to go, man, I am not going to live that way. Well, you do live that way. Whether you say you are or you're not going to, you do. Because the enemy is constantly through the world or whatever else. He's working to deceive you. That's at 1 John 5, 19, which is a strong foundational place for me personally, if you're wondering. And uh, he's working to do that because the enemy wants to drift me away from the Lord. He wants to detour my mission. He wants to distract me from the mission. He wants to do, I have to work really hard. You're going, well, man, you're called. And I do, I, do, I believe I am called. I've got, I think I've got substance in that, that he's called me. And I studied hard, academic to the highest level that I could go. But my point is this. Uh, you think I stay on mission because I do all that? Listen, he's always distracting and detouring me and going, man, make another choice. You know, make another choice. We all have to do that. We're all doing that. So make those choices that please the commander, that please the recruiter, and then more generally that are pleasing to our Lord. Um, I, I hope you can say to yourself today, even in this portion of my sermon, I want to please him. And I, I'm going to ask you to say it to yourself. I'm going to ask you to say it to him. And I really want to please you. I want to please you when everybody's around and I want to please you when no one is around. I want my life to be pleasing unto you. So today we're going to be handling the soldier. Be a good soldier. 
be one. A soldier is a team. You know, it's no one left behind, right? No one is left behind. Um, they come together as a team. They work together as a team. So be one. Share. Share in the rejoicing of other people. And specifically in this verse, the suffering of other people. Overcome evil because you can. Stay focused. Uh, realize that life and moments are choice by choice. Find the one that pleases him and that keeps us and you on mission. We have to be able to do that, okay? Thanks for receiving that. You'd be a good soldier for the Lord. Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't love people. It means you do love people, but you be focused like that soldier, okay? And you stay on mission. We love you. We're thankful that you listen to us. You may want to share it with other people. Uh, and remember what we say before we leave this place, okay? Grace and peace and make sure that you live in both of them. All right, God bless you.